It's perhaps from the film Mary Poppins, where we see the character Bert the Chimney Sweep singing the song Chim Chim Cherie, that we have a rather romantic view of chimney sweeps. But the reality of chimney sweeps, that it was a pretty nasty and dangerous job. Hi and welcome back to the Historical Crimes and Criminals podcast. I'm Steve, your host, and it's another History Bite episode. Chimneys started to appear in Britain around 1200 AD when they replaced the open fire burning in the middle of one-room houses. At first, there would be one large heated room in the building and chimneys would be large. But over the next 400 years, rooms became specialised and smaller and many were heated. And coal started to replace wood. Despite its advantages, it however deposited a layer of flammable creosote in the inside surface of the flue and caked it with soot. This would need to be scraped and cleaned once or twice a year to avoid the risk of a massive fire. And whereas before, The chimney was a vent for the smoke. Now the plume of hot gas was used to suck air into the fire and this required narrower flues. The new chimneys were often designed at different angles and were narrow and the usual dimensions of the flue in domestic properties was 9 inches or 23 centimetres by 14 inches or 36 centimetres. The master sweep was unable to climb into such small spaces himself, but he employed climbing boys to go up to the chimneys and dislodge the soot. The climbing boys, and sometimes girls, were technically called chimney sweeps apprentices and were apprenticed to Master Sweep. He would be paid by the parish to teach orphans or paupers the craft, and they were totally reliant on him. They or their guardians had to sign papers of indenture in front of a magistrate which bound them to him until they were adults. It was the duty of the poor law guardians to apprentice as many of the children of the workhouse to their care as possible as to reduce the cost to the parish. The master sweep had duties to teach the craft and its mysteries to provide the apprentice with a second suit of clothes and to have him cleaned once a week. Although this was seldom the case and sometimes they only bathed about three times a year. An apprentice would agree to obey his master and once his seven year long apprenticeship was complete he would become a journeyman sweep and would continue to work for a master sweep of his choice. And other apprentices were sold on to the sweep or sold by their parents. Prices ranged from seven shillings to four guineas. And it was generally agreed that six years old was a good age to start training a boy. A master sweep would have many apprentices who would start in the morning 
by roaming the streets, calling out, Suit, oh sweet, or another cry to let the house owners know they were around. This would remind the owners of the dangers of unswept chimneys. When engaged, the master sweep would fix a cloth over the fireplace. The climbing boy would then take off his boots and any excess clothes and get behind it. The flue would be as tall as the house and twist several times. He would pull his cap down over his face and hold a large flat brush over his head and wedge his body diagonally in the flue. And so, using his back, elbows and knees, he would shimmy up the flue in the manner of a caterpillar and use the brush to dislodge loose soot, which would fall over him and down to the bottom. He would also use a scraper to chip away the solid bits, as a smooth chimney was a safe chimney. Having reached the top, he would slide back down at speed, back to the floor, in the soot pile. It was now his job to bag up the soot and carry it back to the master sweep's cart or yard. The collected soot or creosote was a valuable commodity and historically would be used as a preservative for seagoing or outdoor woods against the elements. In 1854, Alexander MacDougall and Angus Smith developed and patented a product called McDougall's Powder as a sewer deodorant. It was mainly composed from carbolic acid derived from creosote. McDougall in 1864 experimented with his solution to remove parasites from cattle pasteurising a sewage farm. This later led to widespread use of creosote as a cattle wash and sheep dip. When the apprentices first started, they scraped their knees and elbows so the master would harden up their skin by standing them close to a hot fire and rubbing in strong brine using a brush. This was done each evening until the skin hardened. The boys got no wages but lived with the master who fed them. They slept together on the floor, in the cellar, under the sacks and the cloth used during the day to catch the soot. This was known as sleeping black. It was a dangerous job. A sweep described the fate of one apprentice. Quote, After passing through the chimney and descending to the second angle of the fireplace, the boy found it completely filled with soot, which he has dislodged from sides of the upright part. He endeavoured to get through and succeeded in doing so after much struggling as far as his shoulders, but he found that the soot was compressed hard around him and by his exertions he can recede no further. He then endeavours to move forward, but his attempts in this respect are quite abortive for the covering of the horizontal part of the flues being stone the sharp angle which bears hard on his shoulders and the back part of his head prevents him from moving at least one direction or the other. And his head 
already covered with this climbing cap and being pressed hard in the suit underneath him, stops his breath. In this dreadful condition, he strove violent to extricate himself, but his strength failed him, and he cried and groaned. In a few minutes, he was suffocated. An alarm was then given, and a bricklayer sent for. An aperture was perforated in the flue, and the boy was extracted, but found lifeless. An inquiry was held, and the coroner's jury returned a verdict of accidental death. And there were various other environmental dangers and occupational hazard to the job. In the 1817 report to Parliament, witnesses reported that climbing boys suffered from general neglect and exhibited stunted growth and deformity of the spine, legs and arms, which were thought to be caused by required to remain in abnormal positions for long periods of time before their bones had been hardened. The knees and the ankle joints were most affected. Sores and inflammation of the eyelids that could lead to loss of sight were slow in healing because the boy kept rubbing them. Bruises and burns were obvious hazards of having to work in overheated environments. Asthma and inflammation of the chest were attributed to the fact that the boys were out in all weathers. Cancer of the scrotum was found only in chimney sweeps, so was referred to as the chimney sweeps cancer in the teaching hospitals. Chimney sweeps carcinoma, which the sweeps called soot wart, did not occur until the sweep was in his late teens or twenties. A modern diagnosis would be scrotal squamous cell carcinoma. It was reported in 1775 by Sir Percival Pott in climbing boys or chimney sweepers. It is the first industrial related cancer to be diagnosed and Potts described it as, quote, It is a disease which makes its first attack on the inferior part of the scrotum where it produces a superficial, painful, ragged, ill-looking sore with hard rising edges. In no great length of time, it pervades the skin and the membranes of the scrotum and seizes the testicle, which it enlarges and hardens. Whence, it makes its way up into the abdomen and subsequent death. Again, a modern interpretation would be that the non-treatment of the tumour had metastasized and spread to various other organs. There were many over the years who'd call for a change to working conditions and there were many acts passed, but largely ignored. It took until the following incident that we finally saw change. In February 1875, a 12-year-old boy George Brewster was sent up the Fullbourne Hospital chimney by his master, William Wire. He stuck and was smothered with soot. The entire wall had to be pulled down to get him out, and although he was still alive, he died shortly afterward. There was a coroner's inquest 
which resulted in a verdict of manslaughter. Wire was sentenced to six months imprisonment with hard labour, and Lord Shaftesbury seized on the incident to press his campaign again. He wrote a series of letters to the Times in September 1875, pushed through another bill, which finally stopped the practice of sending boys up chimneys. The Chimney Sweepers Act 1875 required chimney sweepers to be authorised by the police to carry out their business in the district, and it thus provided the legal means to enforce all previous legislation. Well, I hope you enjoyed that History Bite episode, and if you did, please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends, and till next time, bye-bye.